I got a nat one. Oh no. That's how this episode's gonna go. Welcome to Adventurous. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Do you want to do it this time? Um, sure. A uh, actual play, Dad and Daughter Dungeons and Dragons D&D podcast. That's yeah. a lot of Ds. Well, you said Dungeons and Dragons D&D podcast. Yeah. A Dad and Daughter Dungeons and Dragons D&D podcast. Well, Dungeons and Dragons and D&D are the same thing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're adding Ds and Ds in there. Anyway, um, welcome back to another exciting week at the table. The very small table. Yeah. Because it's only two people. <laughs> it's two people in a closet, basically. Yeah. And uh, we are ready to continue on the story of what happened with Kia last time. Wait, we need to introduce ourselves. I know, but we're also ready. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I am the dad. I am the dungeon master of the Elsewhere campaign. I was going to give you a little heads up to this that I think after this episode, we are moving into, as far as my notes are concerned, depending on what you do and how many Cabot Cranberries you meet, <laughs> um, it will continue on to the next episode being the beginnings of chapter two. So the plan was to be about... Three acts, maybe yeah. not chapter two, maybe act two, whatever you want to call it, or arc two. The reason I'm saying that isn't because when I said, I'm the dad, I'm the dungeon master for the Elsewhere campaign, is I think next campaign, we might switch switch roles, right? Yeah. And it might you might do a shorter campaign, I don't know, but that's kind of putting it out there. So there's going to be a mix up, but not for a while. Anyway. Thankfully, I have experience. That's true. Not Go ahead and completely do your thing. This. I'm the daughter, I guess, since there's only one left. Um, I'm the daughter, the player, um, who plays a tabaxi ranger, um, level three. Um, and I have just saved Grung. You did. And that... uh, two pass out bugs are coming to get me. That's true. Still we'll... have no name for them. We will do. Except Cabot, maybe. Don't <laughs> worry, there might be a name. This episode. It's from Cabot... your friend Cabot Cranberry. <laughs> Perhaps I wrote that. If I met Cabot Cranberry, that I would know the name. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, or maybe I wrote the this. last week. <laughs> um, anyway, are you ready to do a recap? Yes. Yes, you are. Okay, real quick, though. Hopefully, you guys are enjoying the show. Don't forget to follow us on social media. And something I've been forgetting to say that we should say way more often is, hey, if you like our show, leave us a review. That'd be cool. Maybe we'll read them out online. And, a and air. That would be cool, too. Oh, dear. Yes, we've gotten some ratings, but we haven't had many reviews, so it'd be cool to get more. Anyway, <gasps> are you ready for a recap? Yes. Okay. Do you want to do the recap? Putting you on the spot. Sure. Sell it. Let's hear it. Um, What happened last time? Hi. Last uh, episode of Dadventurous, we, uh, um, Kia, we start at, we started at, um, the Rummager Cache. Yep. Mod's Rummager Cache. Cashiness. Um, and I called Theodora, 
um, told her to call Maud because I got a call from Maud that said, don't go back, it's a trap. Um, and then I, uh, we started, me and Fwibbit started walking down the road in the morning. It was rainy. And um, we met a guy named Cobbles Cranberry. <laughs> um, he was watching possibly the same kobolds. It was definitely the same. Um, <laughs> and an oak. Uh, chasing a rabbit for the ogre for an ogre's uh, delight, mm-hmm. and so he was watching that. He was writing a book. Um, we got him and brought him back to uh, Map's Edge. We snuck around the kobold. I scared a rabbit out of it out of his fur, uh, almost. <laughs> yep. And then we went back to Map's Edge, and a wild magic storm started happening. It sure did. Done. And so me and Cabot and Flump ran with the unicorn. We ran to Map's Edge, and uh, basically everybody was running away, and we were right on the... The storm was on our heels, running away toward the scrape, and I grabbed a grung person out of a pond. You did, and you rolled on the wild magic table. Yes. This is important. That nothing happened currently. Nothing seemingly happened to you. I didn't get to make an insight check on myself, sadly. <laughs> no. Nothing you you but like but you felt that nothing changed on your person. On my person. Like as your body. Yeah. Yeah, nothing changed, nothing no effects, anything like that. But the paso bugs appeared. But the paso bugs did appear and we find ourselves there now. Good recap. Well Rolling initiative. <laughs> Maybe. And, yeah, one hundred percent. So, you just cleared the storm. You have in one arm a grung frogling person. Yeah. Flibbit rushed in to help you. You told him to go away, and he said, "No, I have to help you." And uh, he ran in to help. So, Flibbit's nearby. You guys were leaving the storm. The storm is still coming your direction. You're just moving faster than it. Yeah. These two. Scaraby beetles launched out. Remember, they're all dark and purpley and arcane. Yeah. And they came out of the storm. They have acid goo. And mm. started kind of pinching off, closing towards you guys from either side. We are going to roll initiative. However, keeping in mind that you always are trying, are going to want to try to continuing to get out of the storm. Yes. The storm is going to be closing on you. At the top of each round, it is going to close on you. Okay. And what you do in that time is going to be up to you. Okay. So I do need you to roll initiative I'm gonna, and roll for Flibbit too. What's Flibbit's initiative? Flibbit's initiative is, let's dexterity, it's plus one. Plus one. Wow, he got a 10 and okay. I got a 22. <laughs> nice. So kind of- With a nat 20. <laughs> nice. So kind of- Amusingly, Flibbit rushed in to help you, but Flibbit's going last. Oh, really? Yep, unfortunate. Oh, wow. So, Kia, there are two beetle things rushing from either side of you, and they seem to be closing in. These ones are a little bigger than the one that you saw in town oh. with the clock. Do Are they differently colored? or? I will say one's more purple and black, and the other one's more black and purple. And they are both leaking arcane magic-y goo, goo out of their carapace. The the neon the neon glowing purple glue. Yep, exactly. Which uh, 
What, did we decide that it was acidic? It was acidic at least to itself, I think. No, it wasn't. It started melting the guy's shell. It wasn't melting his shell. It was he was evaporating. Oh. He was dissipating. Like they're made of yeah. this arcane material. Okay. Do I go first? You do go first. Was it 22? Yep. I will say um, that, how about we say this? Mab's Edge, you just left. Yes. The scrape, you were already making your way towards there. You were halfway there yes. or whatever. I'm going to say that you need to move forward for five rounds to get there. Okay. Or you need to defeat these guys, and then the rounds don't matter. Okay. So you either book it and keep going, and these guys are going to be doing things to you for five rounds, or you take them out. Um, how far away are they from me? Right now, they are on either side of you. I'll say 30 feet on either side of you. 30 feet? But they're closing in. Can I? I forget. Can I, um, do double weapons? Two weapon fighting? Yeah. Yeah, but it's not anything special. Yeah, it's just I have two short swords. Yeah. I'm going to... I think I'm going to cast Zephyr Strike as a bonus action. Okay. Um, Zephyr Strike is a bonus action. Gives you movement speed and force damage attacks and things like that, yes. right? So I'm going to go. So I'm going to cast Zephyr Strike, tap my airplane pin. Mm-hmm. Airplane floofs up. And I am going to. So that's a bonus action. And then I'm going to go. And my movement speed is 30 feet. Okay. I'm going to. Well. Doesn't Zephyr strike? Or sorry, my movement speed is 60 feet. Is now now 60 feet? Okay. I'm going to rush up to one of these bugs, pull out my short, one of my short swords, slash it. Not going to use the, um, the special thing. So that is. Because you have one minute of concentration. Yes. To give yourself advantage. But for now, you're just using. Yeah, you give yourself advantage on an attack roll, and then it deals an extra 1d8 force damage. But that's when the spell ends, so I can choose to do that whenever. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, for now, you're using it for the speed. Yeah. Okay, so you are moving like the wind, like an airplane on the wind, and you go ahead and launch yourself against... I got a nat 20 again. Does a 24 hit? Oh, boy. Yeah, I do. (laughs) Okay. For a measly measly 1d6 plus 2 damage, um, 7 damage. 7 damage. Okay. Uh, Dang. Maybe it's the speed. I don't know. Yeah. 24. Awesome. Okay, so you did 7 damage. Okay, this one's bigger than the last one you were fighting, and it's still uh, fine with that. Oh, wait, did you? You got a nat 20, though. Oh, crit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you double that. 14 damage. 14 damage. 14 damage. It's still up, technically, but it looked hurt. You slash into it, spewing arcane powdered smoke like, and it squeals in a kind of noise in pain. Um, And I would say it probably like moves off to the side a little bit. Can I move again? You still have 30 feet of movement. Okay. Because it was only 30 feet away from me. Um... When casting Zephyr Strike, I don't provoke opportunity attacks, so I'm going there to go. rush back to the Grung and uh, probably pull him. Th- I probably, yeah, rush back to the Grung and take his hand again. Uh, dang, that was cool. <laughs> so it rushes off and, uh, or you rush off and leave it in your wake. Yeah. Awesome. It is now both of their turns. They can move 30 feet. 
they're going to close that gap on you. Okay. So they rush in. You did 14 points of damage to it, correct? Yeah, to one of them. Yep. I'll say the first one rushes in towards you, and it is The one going, I hit or the one I... The one you hit. Okay. It followed you. It rushes in, and it is going to make two attacks. It has the ability to make two attacks. Uh-oh. Two with its pincers that it has on the front of its thing. It touched me. First attack, 13? No. Second attack, 15. That one hits. 15 hits. Okay, one of the claws reaches out, slashes at your leg as you're running Mm. only for three damage. (laughs) Okay. But you get a little flashback of memory as you have been able to do. What do you think this memory is about? You've seen your parents. You've seen a flashback of the... Magic storm. The store that you became awakened in. Um, in that kind of vein, you get slashed. It's just a flash of memory. I, what do you think you see? I think I see um, me probably um, as a cat, basically play, playing platformer, where I, I'm hopping between like different stools in a shelf. And, oh yeah, yeah. So just playing a game back in the yeah. in your store that was your home. Okay, you get a flash of that. Makes your vision go to the flash for a second, and then you continue on running. The second guy closes in, and I'm going to roll a dice to see if he targets you or Flibbit. Okay. Where's the grung? He's you, in my You hand. said he's in your hands. Yeah. Uh, it goes for Flibbit. <laughs> it is going to take a singular bite attack. It can do oh. one bite or two claws. Okay. So it jumps up towards Flibbit and goes for one of his tentacles. <laughs> Ooh, he hits. Flibbit is going to take three damage. Not a lot. Uh, can you roll me a DC 11 wisdom saving throw for Flibbit? DC he 11 wisdom saving. Has a wisdom plus of two. Okay. Mm-hmm. 20 non natural. Wow. Okay. So Flibbit is not frightened of the thing. Ooh, yay. He's a smart flump. Yes. Okay. Wait, is he on my right? He is on <laughs> your right. Yep. Flibbit. Flibbit. Looks over at you and goes, hey, I dodged that, uh, that great, oh, and he looks at your <laughs> shirt and says, I'm a stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, you are not stupid currently. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was a compliment. All yes, right. it was. <laughs> <laughs> the next turn up is Flibbit. Before Flibbit goes, the little grung in your arms looks up and he goes, ah, ah, thank you. My name is Frogrick. I just made that up. <laughs> a great name. <laughs> okay. And uh, it's just screaming and running, or and being carried by. Well, I, I was, I think I was making him run, but I'm holding his hand so it, he can kind of like climb okay, beside okay. me. Okay, so he's running alongside yeah. you. Okay, cool beans. Let's go, Flibbit. What do you think Flibbit should do? Flibbit can whack people with a melee attack that does almost no damage. <laughs> Makes sense. He's squishy. He can do his stench spray as a cantrip, mm-hmm. or he can bless and cure people. I think he would probably like. With the bite, probably like like pull his tentacle back and probably like stench spray. Stench spray. He's like, okay. Ow! So I, I need voice. to roll a deck save <gasps> for my bad guy. <gasps> I got a nat one. Wow. <laughs> wow. Nat What's one your plus? too. What's your plus? Uh, it don't matter. <laughs> it don't matter. It's a plus two, but it don't oh, matter. A three. With a nat one, it. Got a bite, but it had to jump yeah. to latch onto Flibbit. And it took damage, and Flibbit took the bite, but then he flings the thing, and it flips over onto On its, its back. Oh, no. Which, as we all know, beetles, they struggle for a little while to get back up on their back from their back. And Flibbit launches this stench spray 
and um, it's just an instant hit for sure. Uh, do you want to roll 1d8? Sure. That's a powerful sentry. Not one. <laughs> one damage. One damage. However, the main benefit of this is that it is temporarily pushed back. Uh, it's It can't move. It's prone? Yeah, it's, it's got to stand up next turn. So you guys are able to... And I'll say it doesn't get an opportunity to attack on Flibbit as you guys Yay. keep on going. One damage, though. We are back up to your turn. However, the storm is closing on you. And so I am going to roll a dice to see how close it gets. I'm going to be rolling a d10, okay? Okay. And the d10 is going to represent how many feet it is away from you. Right now it is 100 feet away from you. Okay. Closing in. It has closed 50 feet. Okay. The storm is now 50 feet behind you as you move. It is your turn. Okay. Um... So there's one by Flibbit and one by me. Yep, and you guys are basically next to each other, but yes. Um, I think I I push the grung forward, and then would that require an action or a bonus action or anything? So just, you're just guiding him forward? No, yeah. that's fine. Okay, so I think I want to push the grung forward, let go of his hand, whip around, and slash uh, this guy? Slash okay. uh, the guy next to me? Yep. Uh, five feet yep. away from me? Okay. Yeah, he had closed. Oh, no, no, no. 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 He had left. He's 30 feet behind you. I thought, no, he closed. He closed the gap. Oh, you're right. Yeah. That you went, he went after you. You're correct. Yes, he closed the gap. Wow. Um, That's two 18s in a row, so uh, it does a... Yeah, it hits. You don't need, <laughs> you don't need to do math. 22? <laughs> yeah, it hits. Okay. Um, well, not that bad. Eight damage. <laughs> Uh, in the famous words of a show that we've been watching a little bit, how do you want to do this? Oh dear. Um, I think I want to. I think push the. I push the grung forward, whip around, pull out uh, my short sword, and I think I bring my sword up and stab it like in between the little wing spots. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And as you do, it explodes into arcane goo. Goo smoke mystical dust etc and mystical disappears dust. does any of the goo get on me none of the goo gets on you for this one okay i think i would want to because i didn't move so now i would like to use another uh 30 feet of my or wait how far away is this other bug next to flibbit it was right next to flibbit i know how far like is it feet. away from me it's probably 10 feet from you. Okay. Just use uh, 10 feet of my movement to go over and slash it. So um, how, and how does that ten? work? Do you get two attacks? Because it's... I don't know, actually, because I might not be a dual weapon. The rule says... Well, it's not dual weapon. A lot of people have two weapon fighting. Yeah. Whenever you satisfy a condition, you can take a bonus action for an attack of an offhand weapon. You don't add your ability modifier in that bonus attack conditions for this bonus attack. So it's just a straight roll. It's hit. just a straight roll and the damage from the weapon is just I don't think you get your plus threes and plus okay. twos. It's just the damage weapon. Okay. But I still roll with the plus to hit? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So I want to go here slice it. Oof. Yeah, it's usable by anybody. Does it's just not a lot of damage. A nine hit. Uh, no, not at all. So that doesn't hit um, I think she like sees it like bounce off of the mm -hmm. carapace. Yeah, you hit you hit a specifically hard part of the shell. 
she just like not take her chances and go right back to the ground. Okay. With so, her last uh, 50 feet. And you still movement. don't provoke opportunity attack huh? with Zephyr Strike? Nope. Okay. It is now the Surge or the um, so Scarab's turn. Round is what, 10 seconds? Yeah, that was round two. So how many? Okay, so, oh, oh, I still have. You still have a lot of rounds. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Four you nine. did a ton of damage to that first guy. <laughs> that first hit with that nat 20. Yeah. So that changes things Uh-oh. for them. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're doing pretty good. But it's the other one's turn. It just saw that you defeated its friend. It's switching targets. Mm. It is going to come for you. Yeah, it's going to take its two claw attacks against you. Okay. Runs up. Would have gotten pack tactics had you not killed his friend just now. Um, 18 for the first hit. Yep. And, aha, 19 for the second Wow. Hit. Yep, both So hit. he's angry about losing his friend. And you take a total of eight wow. damage. He actually did really good. As it reaches up with this claws, slash, slash, I'm going to tell you what happens with this flashback. You got hit twice. You got two flashes, right? Yeah. And um, the first one you see is you were playing on the stools, right? Yeah. Suddenly, the flashback you get is of the store uh, scrapers appearing and chasing you. And you, as a cat, running away from scraper bots inside your home. That goes away. Second one is you jumping out through some doors and running into the foot of a creature. And you look up and you see a younger but very familiar turtle looking down at you. And that was when you met Gunther. You're back in the combat. Okay. Just the two flashes. Boom, boom. Okay? Okay. So it's not a passo bug quite. It's a flashback bug? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Giving you memories flashbacks because that's what happened with the other one too yeah you just got yeah. it you the other touched one, I it, touched it. And mm-hmm. it got, uh, i touch it <laughs> yeah you hit harder you're welcome to if you'd like to no <laughs> you know no i would not want i would not like to touch it <laughs> <laughs> it's um, a bad things to touch things okay and so we go back to flibbit's turn uh flibbit is going to offer he's like i could take the grung and fly ahead Yes, please. Okay, so he scoops up little Frogrick and Frogrick and, Frogric and Flibbit dash forward Flibbit's full movement, and um, they get a little closer to the scrape. Yeah. Still a ways away, but you guys are doing good against this 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 beetle. Uh, back up to your turn. Storm. The storm was 50 feet away. You ran. You didn't run. You're 60 feet. You only ran 30 feet. Well, yeah. Yes, but I grabbed... Would I have been able to grab the Grung's hand and run the rest yeah. of my 30 feet? Yeah. yeah. So, okay, so you're now... 70, or no, 80 feet 80 away. 80 feet away? Okay, the storm is 80 feet away. A D10. The storm surges forward oh. 60 feet. 60? So now this storm, you can feel that hackles on the back of your neck rising as the storm is only 20 feet behind you. Okay. Um. But, you know, what's interesting is that bug that you just sprinted away from, it's 20 feet back, not his turn yet, unaffected. Unaffected by the storm? Yep. Just like even when a raindrop hits him, it's just like- Totally unaffected. Hmm. Um, I think, does she notice that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're looking at the creature. Yeah. I think she just thinks in her head, that's weird, but I think she just like thinks, probably like 
is like more focused on getting away. Okay. And probably more focused on getting away. And um, um, I think she would probably whack over the gong again. She's like well, switching between. Flip it, took it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think she's. So you're freehanding she'd right now. Turn back, try to shoot the. Uh, so pull out your. Yeah. Pull out my bow. Um, with a. Does a 12 hit. 12. Um, does hit these guys, yes. Yay. Yeah, yeah, 12 hits them. What yeah. happens? Um, I think she'd try to. It's the, it's Maud's long bow. It's the, the one uh, you got. The good yeah. plus one one. Okay. Yeah. And so she's, I think she pulls it out. It's a compound bow, right? Yeah. Pulls it out, uh, stretches it back. She doesn't really cast any spells, but she just wants to try to get this thing not following her. Or try okay. to get it to die, basically. Yeah, go ahead and roll damage. Five. Five damage? Not bad. Okay. You launch an arrow. It pierces into this thing. Again, arcane mist uh, settles out. Would a dash with Zephyr Strike count as 120 feet? But you can't. You just used an action. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dash is an action. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I so think she Then you would just move your 60 feet. I think she'd uh, whip around, put the bow away, and... Da- and continue go dashing. continue going that sixty feet okay. away. So um, trying to avoid the storm. Now it's eighty feet yeah, again. Now it's eighty feet again, and Flibbit's just going to keep on moving. Yeah, uh, it's just going to take his turn to dash. Okay. So he's going to keep up with you with your massive Zephyr strikes, <laughs> but he's using his action to do it. Yeah. Okay. You guys what are about now. The bug? I was going to say you guys are so far away right now. The bug is closing on its turn. It's going to have to use its dash to keep up, but it's still 20 feet away, and it doesn't have ranged attack. Okay. And so it's 20 feet behind you, chasing you, but at the speeds you're going, it can't catch up because of Zephyr Strike. Yeah. So the storm was... 80 feet. Again, now it's 80 feet, huh? Yeah. Did it get get a 10? Oh, I got a 9. Oh, dang. Suddenly the storm surges forward. And you find yourself in an instant, surprisingly, it is over the top of you, but only by 10 feet. So I'm going to say, why don't you roll a d20? Just a raw d20. 11 and higher, you're safe. One through 10, you got to roll on the table. 20. Okay. (laughs) So you are able to sneak past the storm and you do not have to roll on the wild magic table again. It is now your turn. Okay. Um, I think, so this bug is still 20 feet behind me mm-hmm. in the storm. Yeah. I think she just, um, could I get in and out of the storm without rolling to hit him? Yeah, yeah. The storm, kind of, it's like when it's, if you end your turn there or start your turn there. Okay. That's fine. But if you're going to move in and out, you could do that. I think she'd want to keep the je- Zephyr Strike to kind of get ahead of the storm. So Okay. You also have your bow, which does more damage. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I suppose so. that's true. Just keep that in mind. You don't have to go into the storm at all. Yeah. Because you you're a ranger, so. Yeah. I think she'd stop for a minute after getting out and just and pull out her bow, stretch it back again. Um, okay. Oh. What? Concentration things. You got hit. Oh. Does it count? Wait. You got hit for eight count? damage. Yeah, it's concentration. Oh, it is. So you need to roll a 10 or higher on a d20. Yeah. Just as like a... Yeah, to see if you keep concentration. 15. Okay, so you kept concentration of Zephyr Strike. Woo! I forgot about that. Good um, call. Okay. Um. So she can't cast Tail of Thorns, but she is just going to try to shoot this. Okay. 
pa- uh, flashback bug. Okay. Not the Paso bug anymore. <laughs> Does a 16 hit. It definitely hits. Yay. Does 12 damage. 12 damage? Wait, wait, actually, wait, hang on. Sorry, no, 9 damage. Oh, okay. I mastered I was going to say, dang, for a non-natural. Okay, uh, still very good, um, but still up. Okay. And so you're going to continue to doing your 60 feet yep. of movement? Yep. You could use that Zephyr Strike to do the advantage and force damage thing too, remember? Yes. But you're keeping it for movement speed for I'm now? I'm keeping it for movement Kay. speed for now. We're I only one more round on this thing. Okay. It is now its turn. It is going to screech loudly Uh-oh. into the air. Yep, and suddenly you see bloop, bloop, two more. Oh. Boof, come out of the storm, but they're pretty far away from you. Okay. And then you see two more come out of the storm, but they're smaller. Oh, they're smaller. Yep. It's like, it's like, it it's a boss summoning minions. Yep, exactly. Okay. And so it is now Flibbit's turn. Flibbit's going to full on dash, keep up with you, and we're going to do the storm once more. You are only 60 feet away from the storm. Yes. If it's closer than 10 feet, you automatically roll. If it's 10 feet, you got to roll on the dice okay. again. I got a six. Okay. So, so you are feet. on the verge of the storm for this last round. Roll Sorry. a dice, d20. Tell me 11 higher, you're fine. One through 10, you got to roll on the table. 11. Ooh, okay. Narrowly staying on the edges of the storm. You're feeling that wild magic just like tap your back, basically. But you are just barely staying ahead of it. You and Flip it both. It is now your turn. My turn. Okay. The, the, the beetle is deep in the storm, but you can see it. Okay. It's like 20 feet or something. Be 60 feet. 60? Oh. Yeah, it hasn't moved yet. Okay. And the other bugs? They're with him. Oh, they're, okay. They're on par. There's just more. If you get through this dash with your Zephyr Strike, because you've been flying, Yeah. This the end of this round, you guys will be in the scrape. Can you dash with someone or no? It's like if you grab. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Okay. I think that would defeat the purpose. Yeah. So I think yelling at Flibbit just like, try to keep up. I think she would use her action, ignoring the bugs because they're 60 feet behind her. It's fine. She will, she, using her action, she wants to dash 120 feet like into, the wind. The, into the scrape. Okay. You... See Theodora, you see Gunther, you see Callie. They're all looking from the safety of the scrape out to this wild magic storm. And they see you coming. They're like, going, come on, come on. And you suddenly, like the wind, just boof, bolt across. And you slide into uh, the scrape and flip it and the grung right behind you. Okay. And as you get in there and kind of close the gap, the bugs rush in. They do not stop. Oh. They continue to come into the safety of the parking garage. They're focused on you. However, you are now in a room full of the town. Yeah. And I think within short work, without any really needing to continue combat, Gunther, Theodora, Cabot, Callie, you, Flibbit. General. General, especially the generals, generals goods. She pulls out like a halberd. You guys take take these bugs out, no problem. Okay. Easy. And you are able to slide into safety. You guys all cluster at the back wall, and you watch as the storm rages outside, rolls past, and you guys are safe-ish in here. 
But there are people, there are rummagers that are guarding the upper floor levels. Oh. And they're keeping an eye because you hear a lot of activity upstairs of scrapers being recreated. So they're keeping so they're keeping watch on like all the entrances to the uh, first floor. Yep. So you guys are staying in this lowest level. Well, that's the plan. This yeah. is like the safety bunker. The storm rages through, rages past. You hear all the stuff happening. I'm gonna say you probably hear about eight floors up the thumping and noises of a very large cyclopean scraper too. Oh. But you guys are safe down here. And during this time, Cabot furiously writing notes asks you all the questions about those bugs. Theodore is there too. You can chat with however you want, but basically you're going to have to stay down here for a couple hours while the storm rages on. Rages on. I think I ask uh, Cabot, from all your travel travels, do you know what those, what those bugs were? No. It's fascinating that you asked me that because Cabot Cranberry, which is me, I have heard of bugs coming out of the wild magic storms, but only recently. Only recently? Yes, that has not been a thing in the past. Oh, okay. And I, and he flips through his notes and he finds a thing, I had dubbed them Surge Scarabs. Sounded enticing to me. Um, very enticing, yeah. Uh, yeah. (laughs) They seem to come out in the middle of the storms. And um, that's the first time I'd heard of anyone fighting them, though. Fascinating. And they just disappear into goo and magic. Yeah. Fascinating. And he's just writing more stuff down in his book. Um, I go to Theodora and say, So, uh, Pink Unicorn, yeah. Oh, my honey. And she's looking at the unicorn. She said, This is wonderful. I, I just don't know. I don't know what we'll do and how, how we'll be able to use it. But me and your grandfather, we've been coming up with some plans for the projector. Oh? We think that we can use the projector in a confined environment. We could take it outside of town. We could go somewhere in in my tower and activate it. And if we can study storms, maybe we can learn how they work, how to stop them, how to maybe even control them, like divert them. Like when you turn... But then, because if the, because if the projector, oh, because if the projector attracts storms, then you could technically send it out, and they would divert the. Maybe we don't know. All I know is we got some plans. But this is wonderful, and she like, she like has probably some weird electronical stuff, or actually the parking garage. The you bring in the pink unicorn in, all the fluorescent lights flip on. Oh. All the old like one of the garage doors opens up and in fact i'll say one of the garage doors opens up and there's stuff back there that hasn't been found before because no one could get into the garage door oh and all these electronical things start opening up turning on doing stuff and she's just fascinated this is awesome i gunther runs over and gives you a big hug too. And he's like, I'm so happy you're fine. I was so worried. I'm I'm really fine. Okay, you did so good helping all those poor people, and I just think you're the best creature and granddaughter a person could ask for. (laughs) He starts crying with excitement. I think my, I think, in embarrassment, I think he has ears just kind of like go (laughs) back a little bit. He's like, 
I'm really fine. Okay. Could you, you're hugging me a little too tight. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I just got worried. Uh, but yes, me and um, Theodora have, have indeed been working on, on, uh, on some plans. But that wild magic, we haven't had a storm like that in years. We've had one before? Like that? You, you have. We've. Ta- I think oh, we yeah. talked about that. You guys used that bunker. Yeah, yeah. As like a safety thing. I think you've probably had them close enough that you guys have gone, but you maybe not have ever experienced one over the top of the town. Yeah. And Callie runs over to you and she's like, "Kia, I'm so happy to see you again. I, I, that was the most scariest thing I've ever been a part of. I, I didn't like it at all, but I'm glad you're okay." I hand her the. I, I hand her one of the t-shirts. And she's just very excited, and she, you know, and loves think, cluttery things. Yeah, so. I think I grabbed, uh, I think I grabbed a bird stuffy. You did. I grabbed a bird stuffy and a t-shirt, and so I think I give those to her. Okay. And it's like here is something for your shirt. Oh my or for your goodness! Shop. This is beautiful, and she just goes off excited. <laughs> okay, where are you at in terms of what you want to do? In terms of what I want to do. Oh, oh, and I should say. That garage door opened up. Yeah. There was some stuff in there. I think she'd go over she'd go over to uh to it. She'd probably go over and are is there anybody else here? Yeah, the whole entire town is here. Well yeah, 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 but I mean like checking out this thing. Oh sure, there's probably some other people. Yeah. I think she'd go over and start doing her job, rummaging. Rummaging for through stuff. I'm going to say, generally speaking, you find yourself like 20 clips worth of stuff. Ooh. So you can add that. 20 silver, basically? Yeah, yeah, the normal. Okay. I will also say that. Tickets? (laughs) Tickets. Well, yeah, parking tickets, you know, that they print. No, no, no. I think this is a a door that opened up that people haven't gotten into in for a while. You know what's in there? I think in there is a pretty pristine motorcycle. Really? I think it's a pretty pristine motorcycle, but combustion engines and things like that don't work. No. In, in elsewhere. And so... Is it there are, an electric scooter? No, it's oh. it, it's a motorcycle. I will say that there are electronics on there that you could repurpose. You could see if somebody wanted to tinker with it and make it a thing. You could, you could decide what to do with it, but we'll say it's a cool teal color motorcycle. Ooh. With working headlights, blinkers, brake lights, oh. and really nice tires and a seat, but that it doesn't turn on. Oh. I think I call over Theodora to come and probably Cabot too. Okay, so they come over and they check it out and they're They're the inventors of yeah, the town. Yeah, Theodora's a little bit distracted. Well Gunther did, does a little bit himself yeah. too. He's mostly I would say Gunther comes over to check it out actually because he knows password stuff. Yeah. And so he's probably talking about what it is and tells you about how motorcycles worked and, and all that. And between the three of them, they start talking about how they could, Theodore's like, we could maybe make something out of this. I don't know. I got my cart. I got that thing oh. running off of Passworld Tech. Give me some time. Maybe. Uh, that's exciting. That'd be cool. What I is- don't. I'm probably going to regret offering a motorcycle. Yes, to you, you are. But. Um, is Cabot cool. just writing in his book the entire time? Yeah, and I think he 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 probably is the least helpful <laughs> in terms of he's more of a current researcher. He's not yeah. a past world researcher. He's researching stuff about rummagers. Now he's researching about creatures and things like that. So he's more of a per- current researcher. So does Theodora recognize him? 
oh yeah, they probably had a moment too where yes, totally he interviewed Theodora. <laughs> uh, 100%. They probably met up in Athon because she travels around and she told him a lot about the ruins out here and some of the stuff that they did. So oh. they, it, it wasn't anything like hugely story important, but yes, they did know each other. Ah. Oh. And um, yeah. I think I stayed a little bit. I told you they they would they should have meet each other. Yep, you you are very correct, Thea. And I once again appreciate you keeping Thea? me alive. Did I call you Thea? Yes. I meant to call you Kia. I apologize. Well, that's fine. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Suddenly, you feel a little tap on your leg. I look down. There is a frog man, <laughs> a tiny frog child. Frogrick? Frogrick the Grung is looking up at you. He's yellow. He's got spots on him. And uh, he's wearing like a tunic shirt yeah. with a belt around it. And that's it. Somebody gave it to him. And he goes, uh, hello. I am Frogrick. Um, yeah. Uh, great, great name. I just wanted to say thank you. And he holds up a tiny little hand for a shake. I y- shake him. All of this is new to me. And I'm a little bit terrified. But it appears that I'm... Alive now. I mean, you were alive before. Uh, thank you for saying that. That's true. Um, and I just wanted to thank you for uh, helping me understand things and save me from storms and, and bugs. Yeah. Obviously, he has, like, very little knowledge about frog people, but, like, how old would he be in people years? Uh, he's a kid. He's younger than you. He's probably be seven, eight. Years old is okay. kind of the vibe you're getting. So, um, the world isn't like that all the time. That's good. Um, that was terrifying. Yeah. Uh, the world can be great. It's, uh, usually is, actually. And I think she's just, like, telling him about, like, all the stuff that she's seen. Cool stuff. Yeah, cool okay. stuff. Like this motorcycle. <laughs> Make me a persuasion check. A persuasion check yeah. on whether the world is a great... No, no, no. Just on, like, how he feels about it all. An insight? Or just persuasion? Well, I was thinking persuasion is something you could roll. I could roll insight. But yeah. We'll... Persuasion. 13 straight. Okay, so he he's in enraptured in the stories of this, and he's into it. It's like, wow. Well, I, well, what do you think I should do? And I think at about that time... Cabot has a lot of knowledge in terms of the creatures of elsewhere. And so he probably joins in less about the motorcycle. He doesn't care. And instead got to witness, even from a distance, the creation of a variant. Yeah. Right? This frog grung frogrick dude was just a normal frog a moment ago. Yeah. In a pond that was not here. And so I think Cabot probably takes over and starts teaching frogrick about like about the world and <laughs> about creatures like him and how it happens and variants and he uses you as an example and even Gunther as an example you know like yeah. the animalistic races that were magicked into creation I think Kia like slowly backs away from like this and Wonderful. then like goes off into the crowd he's like I'm getting away from this crazy person wait, but before you do Frogger goes wait 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 I have to give you a gift he goes huh? and spits up a giant ball of frog phlegm. It's a mucusy ball that's about the size of a grapefruit. And he just holds his hands up to you. 
He goes, here you go. Um. It's a, it's frog phlegm. It's really sticky. And okay. if you throw it against a wall, it'll explode. Uh, I just learned this. I threw one against the wall over there. And you look over there and there's a guy <laughs> stuck to the wall trying to clean off this frog phlegm. And uh, he had got his hand stuck and then he tries to use his other hand to get that one off and he's stuck against the wall and now he's getting pressed up against the wall. People are trying to pull him off. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, um, would I have anything to uh, like grab this with, but not touching it with my hands? Yeah, I mean, you could find a... You can find a... Like a cloth or something? A cloth or a bottle, if you want to put it into yeah. like a bottle. Okay, yeah, you find a bottle, and you shove... Or he, you let him shove the frog <laughs> yeah. in. Um, basically, it's a one-time use thing, and it acts as the equivalent of the web spell. Oh. Creates a sticky area. And, and like, uh, thanks. Yeah, and then Cabot continues to take him <laughs> over. Maybe we'll... You know, maybe Cabot and Frogrick will be a duo now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to write that down. Cabot and Frogrick, the research team. Maybe. They <laughs> seem to be hitting it off. I go over to see Adora. Okay. Um, she's still poor, she's poor, looking at the motorcycle and pink unicorn with uh, giant eyes. And I pull her away a little bit and say, did you call Maud? Oh, I did, honey. I got no answer. And so me and Gunther came up with the thought process. We think that you should go to retail ruins and see what you can see, but you're going to have to be careful. But I tell you something else. I contacted somebody that has a similar interest. They're going to meet you there. Similar interest in what? Mod safety. Is, um, are their name Beryl? Do you know Beryl? Um, no, but I found in... A place, um, ma, a note to Maud that said from Beryl. Oh, well, Beryl is a uh, mutual acquaintance between me and Maud, and I found that out when talking to her about sending her east. I sent a message to Beryl. She gonna meet you there. Okay. But uh, Beryl, she has an unconventional way of getting there. It might take her a few days. Okay. Uh, so that's the plan. How do you feel about that? Yeah, yeah, I would I would happily go. Okay, well, we need to find out what happened to Maud. We need to make sure she's okay, and we need to find out if she found my surged artifact. Okay. At Retail Roots. Um, may... So, are you, like, I guess just be safe? Yeah, me and your grandfather are going to be super safe, but we're going to try to figure out how to use this stuff to get a hold of these storms. Just, uh, if you... Attract a magic storm, turn it off. That's what I've learned to do with it. Yep. We'll see what happens. And she's got a little twinkle in her eyes. She's looking at everything. And she goes over to work on your motorcycle that I'm going to give you for some reason. Yeah. Um, and I think we are going to end the episode here because it seems like a good time. But I will give a little epilogue to this episode so that next time you don't got to talk to anybody or do anything like that, we can kind of continue on. Is there anything else you want to talk to about with these people or anything? No, okay. not necessarily. So the next episode, we're going to continue on. So we'll say that you spend the night in the scrape, and you are going to wake up the next morning and set out for Retail Ruins, which was to the east into the town called Briarport. Oh. Now, we'll have a conversation with... Oh, yeah, we'll talk with Gunther next time. He's going to have some things to okay. say. 
But that's where we're going to end our episode for this time. You can take your long rest. You've made your way out of the storm. You've fought some surge scarabs. As we're calling them now. Yeah, and Cabot met Frogrick, and Frogrick gave you phlegm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently. That was a fun episode. All right, well, I think that's... Combat was weird. Yeah, moving combat and storms. You got lucky on your dice multiple times. Yes, I did. Um, The 11 was really Well, and it only ever caught, like, the storm was only ever right on your heels. Yeah. And so you never got caught, caught quite in that over threshold. That was fun. Um, all Something right. happened to me, though. Oh, it did. That's why I asked to make an insight check on myself. It's not insight. Would it be perception? No. What did you do? What did I do? When you got in here. Oh. I slid in. You gave Callie a t-shirt. Yes. And a stuffed animal. Give Uh-oh. me. As you open your bag... We'll have to retro. Oh, I'll just we'll just keep this at the end. As you open your bag, you notice some a note inside your bag. You didn't put it there. No. Doesn't look like anybody's handwriting. You know, the folded up note. And I'm pretty sure Flibbit can't write. No, it's a note that seems to have been placed. And I'll say it's kind of even in such a way that it. It's like partially in the bag a little bit. Oh. It's almost like it appeared in there. I read it. So you open it up and you read it. And inside you find a note that's hastily written and it shows a map. Okay. Map? Mm-hmm. It shows a map. And it's not Mod's map though. It's not Mod's map. This is something new. And it shows a place that if you were to compare it to a map, you would see that is that is near the city of Athon. So you're going to need to make a note about this after the fact, okay? And it is the detailed account of a treasure trove with a warning that says the treasure trove is guarded by what they refer to as a roll golem. Roll golem. Yep. Not a rollo, though. Not a rollo. It's a (laughs) roll golem. That's the only notes you get, and it says danger, enter at your own risk. Oh. That is a side quest treasure trove type thing. That you can decide to do at some point. We'll make a note of that. And it just appeared in my bag. It appeared in your bag. That is one of the wild magic things. Oh. See through the veil. That note appeared because of the roll that you got on the storm table. Wait, see through the veil? As in behind the fourth wall as in into my process. Yeah. That's number 76 on the thing that you rolled. Hey. So, okay. That is all for this week's episode. Thank you all for joining us on Adventurous. Follow us on uh, social media. We have Facebook, Instagram, website, email, all that stuff. Send us your questions. We need more. We love questions. Follow us wherever you get your, or listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, shout out to the folks at Plus One to Gaming for giving us a website to be on. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, Thanks for that. And we will see you all next week on Dead Ventures for side quests. Huzzah! Welcome to Dadventurous Q&A. That's right. We're back again for a couple more questions, but we desperately need more. We need Leave us some reviews and questions. Yeah, we want some interaction. Uh, we're still trying to figure out how to grow, so we're hoping for more. Anyway, the question this week I have. It's a question for you. Me? Well, not specifically, but... <laughs> 
What do you think now that you have done so many long campaigns? Well, not so many, but we've done a couple long campaigns versus one shots. Whether it's whether that's one session or two or something like that, a small small confined campaigns. stories, yeah. Yeah. What do you prefer? Because on one end you get to have this character that grows from like level one to whatever and you get to learn the character as you go but on the other hand with one shots at least for me you get to make a fun new character every time and maybe Mm -hmm. you start at a higher level so what do you find or do you do you like them both i think i i feel like i don't really have a preference for either of them for dming for dungeon mastering that's a good question i would prefer i do better with one shots but I also think long campaigns are easier for DMing. I agree with that, yeah, because there's that level of like, well, if we don't finish this time, shrug, we can just put a pin in it and finish it next time. Versus with one shots, you have to kind of finish it. Yeah, so I feel like one shots inherently mean the sessions can go really long. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think in terms of DMing, I prefer to do long ones or multi-session short ones mm-hmm. because it's easier to to have a time limit mm-hmm. and on a session and still be able to keep going. That makes sense. I think I can agree with that. But I, as a player, I like both of them equally. Yeah, I think as a player, I really like... Well, first of all, I never play. But yeah. when I do get to forever play... Forever DM. <laughs> forever DM. When I do get to play, I do enjoy making silly characters. I don't know that I've ever been a part of a long-form campaign as a player. I think you have. (laughs) (laughs) Not in 5th edition, though. Not in 5th edition? I don't think so. Not in the long-form. I've done one-shots. Yeah. But I don't know if I've ever done... I don't think I have ever been a character in a a long campaign in 5th edition. (laughs) That's sort of sad. You... I should DM the next campaign that we do and you have to be a player. I would love that. That because, would be so much fun. Uh, the dad is a forever DM <laughs> and like never plays unless if it's one shots and so you need to, uh, I feel like you need to play. I'm so down. Because you've DM'd long campaigns but you haven't played. Mm-mm. I'm I'm the most down. We should do that. Next, after the story of Kia is finished, we can do that kind of thing. Maybe we won't even be in elsewhere. Maybe it'll be in a whole new world that you create. All right, I think that's it for this week's Q&A. On Dadventurous. On Dadventurous. Thank you all for joining us. And we'll answer your questions next time. Bye. (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing. This is (laughs) Dadventurous.